faithwire.com. Today is Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. I'm Billy Hollowell, and we are going to have the top stories and more for you on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can subscribe on iTunes. We would love to have you with us as we go through the news of the day with a Christian perspective. As always, joining me today is Trey Goins Phillips. How's it going, Trey? Hey, hey, I almost called you Dan because I'm so used to Dan being here um, with us. But yeah, we're we're filling in for him today because he's, you know, off being busy. Right. So again, we have control of the podcast. So scary. It's a scary thing can happen. Anything can happen. And we're going to we're going to go through a number of stories today. But the one that we have to lead with, I mean, both of us are going to talk about this because how could we not? We, We talked yesterday about the slap heard around the world. And then there was the apology heard around the world last night from Will Smith. What what was your reaction to seeing him take to social media and, and release that apology? You know, I mean, my first reaction is that, that so much of this is, of course, just painted by a, a, a PR necessity. Like you have to kind of apologize after something like this. But I actually started out the day being very frustrated with Will Smith and like angry at at, at him and thinking he's so arrogant and whatever. And my opinion actually softened throughout the day um, because I think as a Christian, it's important to to realize the full context of somebody's life. And, uh, you know, anybody can Google and see the marital issues that they, that he and Jada have had uh, and the, the, the odd things that they have, have navigated. And I just think a lot of it is a symptom of a person who is not, uh, you know, redeemed by Christ, who is not whole, who is of the world. So all of us are, 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 are potentially capable of being in that situation. Uh, so I don't know. I thought it was a good, uh, you know, a good response, as good a response as you can get. But I just think the whole situation is just so unfortunate. But I, I fully agree with what he said, that violence is poisonous no matter what, all the time. This is not how a man ought to respond to someone making a joke about his wife, particularly a joke that I don't think Chris Rock knew, uh, you know, was going to be so personally offensive. Well, yeah, there have been a number of um, articles and stories and claims that he may not have actually known about about the alopecia. Now, who knows? Who knows if that's true or not? Whether or not it is true, it doesn't justify violence, as we talked about yesterday. I did think the apology, the end of it, you know, is sort of interesting because he says, I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. And you do think about the Williams family and you think, man, this amazing moment where they get their story is honored in a really unique way. And this has gotten some attention, but I think it's worth bringing up again, really got sullied. And so the fact that he did include them in that apology and, of course, apologized to the Academy um, and finally apologized uh, to Chris. And I think that's the piece that mm-hmm. really frustrated a lot of people was not not seeing that night yeah. when he apologized on stage, him do that. Um, you know, look, we all make mistakes. We all deserve redemption. I think this is a scenario where a lot of people are going to say, well, is this damage control? Like you were saying, is it PR? You know, is this PR control? I don't know what is in Will Smith's heart, but I just hope both of these guys can can move forward and and actually be a light because this is a pretty dark thing to put out for kids and, and others to see. 
Yeah, and you know, and I, I I'll probably get some pushback for this, but I just want to say that I think a lot of times men are taught that the the main and central emotion that is most manly that they can feel is anger. Uh, And a lot of times when you feel anger and that's the only emotion that you're familiar with feeling and expressing, this is, this is what happens. So I think we need to establish for all people, not, not, not just men, men, women, whatever, we need to establish a, a better way of dealing with our emotions. Like, yes, it's fine to be angry. It's fine to be upset, but lashing out violently is never helpful. That will only and always make the situation worse. And as Christians, we should obviously model life after Christ. There were angers, moments when he was angry uh, and he was righteously upset about something like he, he turned over the tables in the temple uh, as a story we're all as believers familiar with. But so often, and we talked with Joshua Broom, a pastor about this, uh, Jesus practiced meekness, which is anger under control. Like he controlled his, his frustration uh, and he expressed his anger in ways that were life-giving uh, instead of uh, life taking. Um, and I also want to mention uh, the Serena and Venus Williams' father. Uh, he released a statement actually uh, this morning. He said, we do not know all the details of what happened, but we don't condone anyone hitting anyone else unless it's in self-defense. He didn't say much else. Uh, that's that's pretty much all he said. But he, he did respond, particularly you know in, in light of Will Smith's decision to apologize to the Williams family. So I thought that was important to bring up. Yeah, no, that is, that is important to bring up. And, and, you know, again, I think it was unfortunate. It was probably most unfortunate for them and they got the least attention in the mix of it. Right. So um, anyway, you know, there's, there's a lot more to talk about there, but we'll see where it goes next. Uh, What are you going to be talking about today, Trey? Yeah. So also I, before we, I know we, we've kind of talked to this, this story a lot, but I just want to mention too, Denzel Washington is the real MVP of this whole situation, by the Good way. Point. Uh, yeah. You can, you can go to com to see what I'm talking about. He had a great response um, for Will Smith. Uh, we talked about that yesterday, but um, so I'm going to be talking about a Christian author, Randy Alcorn, his wife who has been battling cancer for a while, several years now. She just passed away yesterday. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then also after that, I'll talk a little bit about um, a Kentucky man uh, who was you know, in a bad part of town and his car was shot up like on all sides and he walked away unwounded. It's just an wow. incredible story. Wow. And I've got a little miracle story I'll throw into the mix after you talk about that one about a, a woman who was pinned under her car in the frigid cold for five to seven hours and survived a really incredible story. Uh, but the big one I'm going to be tackling is this letter that Abby Johnson received. It's a really heartbreaking letter from an anonymous woman who says she was a former abortion patient of Abby's. And so we'll dive into that today as well. Interesting. All right. Well, I will start here with this Randy Alcorn story. So uh, just several days ago, it was last week, uh, all of Randy Alcorn and Nancy Alcorn's family gathered together uh, because uh, Nancy, the previous weekend, had told Randy she felt like she was nearing the end and that she wanted to see all of her family, their 11 members uh, in total with their kids and their grandchildren, their grandsons. Um, So she said she wanted to gather everybody together. Um, to to just say a final you know, goodbye, uh, and it, unfortunately, yesterday uh, afternoon, late afternoon, Nancy Alcorn did pass away. Uh, she was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2018 uh, and dealt with several other health issues and cancer in other areas uh, since then. 
um, and and had made you know strides how how cancer often so tragically goes as you make some strides in a good direction and then there are setbacks in other ways uh, you know depending on who you are and, and what your other health issues are and what you know what kind of cancer it is uh, so she dealt with several years of just kind of going back and forth of uh, of are we heading in the right direction or is this spreading or what uh, and ultimately uh, like I said she ended up passing away uh, with colon cancer. And Randy Alcorn posted uh, a beautiful tribute to his Twitter account yesterday uh, evening. He said, Nancy is with Jesus. So happy for her. So sad for us. But the happiness for her triumphs over the sadness. Grief is ahead and it will be hard. But these last years and especially this last month have given us a head start on the grieving process. I am so proud of my wife for her dependence on Jesus and her absolute trust in the sovereign plan and love of God. Nancy is and always will be an inspiration to me. Uh, he also expressed gratitude for those who have been praying over the years since the first diagnosis in 2018, uh, reassuring them that their prayers were not in vain, uh, that their prayers were answered. He said uh, that many of them were answered in, in on this side of eternity, uh, as, you know, bringing her comfort or, or helping the family to come together uh, or finding joy and positivity in the midst of a difficult situation. Those kinds of prayers were certainly answered. He said, and many others were answered in a better way than we could have ever asked. Uh, talking about the fact that Nancy is now in heaven and has been united with with Christ. Uh, he ended his Twitter thread by writing, he is overwhelmed with gratitude to the one full of grace and truth, obviously talking about God. Um, like I said, he had, she had been ca battling cancer for years and the, all of the family came together last Monday. Uh, because she felt she didn't have much time and wanted to, to speak with all the family members. Each family member, as CBN News reported last week, was actually able to, to privately talk with Nancy, even though she was weak, uh, and, and pray with her individually. Uh, and then the family came together uh, for a temporary goodbye, is what Randy Alcorn said, uh, that will ultimately be followed by, quote, an eternal reunion. Uh, and something that was really beautiful, too, is... Um, Nancy Alcorn asked that the family come together in that room in that their bedroom and read entries from her journal, uh, which she said detailed her quote trust in the love and sovereignty of God. Uh, so even at the the very end of her life, Nancy Alcorn was wanting to do all she can one to of course, point to Jesus and point to God's goodness, but also to comfort her family as they're beginning the grieving process of losing her. Uh, Randy Alcorn wrote, what an emotional and meaning, meaningful and truly unforgettable time. Two of my grandsons said they would never forget this day, and the others, in their own way, made it clear they felt the same. Nancy's desire was to have an eternal impact on the lives of her grandsons, and her life did that, uh, but this day was the culmination of all of that. So just a, a beautiful tribute and such a, it's, you know, it's a tragic situation, but it's incredible to see the legacy that Nancy Alcorn has left of one that even in her last moments uh, was glorifying God. And I think as, as far as why it matters, she's lived a life and is, is even in, in the final moments of her life was pointing to God in a way that all believers should hope to point to Christ in their lives. Yeah. And I think going back to what um, Randy said about prayers, you know, a lot of people will assume, well, our prayers didn't get answered. She didn't survive. She didn't make it through. There wasn't a miracle, but that the prayers were mm -hmm. answered in ways that you could have never expected. And that even exceeded what they 
they would have thought. And so I think that, you know, as believers, and we've talked about this a lot on the on the show, but we have to sort of take a step back and recognize that there is a bigger, broader plan that we can't see and that prayers are not always going to be answered the way we want them to be, but that they're always going to be answered the way that they should be in God's will. And that's why we should always pray in God's will, not that we shouldn't ask for what we want and what we're hoping for, but that we should always make sure we're praying that things are going to go the way that you know God would have them. And so I thought that was a really interesting um, quote that really stood out to me. Yeah, no, it's a great reminder, I think, particularly at a time when the secular world is constantly like rolling their eyes at the idea of, of prayers. Uh, but it's so important. And we know from scripture, I've referenced this verse several times on the podcast, that God's word never returns void. So when we repeat the promises of God in scripture to him, uh, he hears us and he is actively involved uh, in in the healing process, though it doesn't often, like you just said, Billy, it doesn't necessarily look the way we think it should look. It doesn't happen in the timing that we think it should happen in. Uh, but God is not on a timetable. Um, and healing uh, for those who are in Christ will ultimately happen uh, no matter what, because he's redeeming uh, you know, all of life uh, to bring himself more glory. So yeah, it's just a, all around, uh, it's a good reminder, I think, for, for us as believers to be prayerful about all situations and to trust that God is hearing those prayers. Absolutely, absolutely. So our next story that we're going to tackle is about Abby Johnson. If you're not familiar with her, she is a pro-life advocate. Um, I think most of the audience knows her, but she's a former Planned Parenthood clinic director. Um, and really is, it, it's really an amazing transformation, has become one of the most prominent voices for the unborn, not only in America, but across the globe. Uh, she recently shared a heartbreaking letter that she got. And this was a letter that was sent from somebody claiming to be a former patient from the years when Abby ran the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Texas. And this note is heartbreaking for a variety of reasons, but it opened by addressing Johnson. And, you know, again, this is an anonymous sender. So it's not somebody who Abby can respond to. Um, and I have to hand it to Abby being willing to share this on her Facebook page so openly. Um, but the writer yeah. said, you know, look, I've seen you on TV. I've seen you, you know, doing movies and other things. And I wanted to, I wanted to write to you for a long time. Here's what the person said, quote, you were my counselor when I had my abortion. I did ask you questions. I asked you if my baby would feel pain. You lied to me. I asked if my baby was developed. You lied. How many women did you lie to? <clears throat> now, the, women, the woman went on to say that she actually didn't want to have an abortion, that she wanted answers, but that Johnson couldn't even be bothered to give her those answers at the time. And so this is a very unflattering letter, right, as you're reading through it. And it's a person who's hurting. Uh, she goes on to say a variety of other things, but the part that really stands out, she says, quote, I hope you feel good about the fact that all of these babies are dead because of you. I hope you dream about them. I hope you hear them crying. Mm. And the letter concludes with this mystery sender saying that she has been left with a lifetime of regret. And so Abby shares the letter, and then she writes a response to this letter and says, look, this is not the only letter like this that I have received. And um, she goes on to say, even though the woman's words were harsh, they ring true. And Abby always owns her past, right? She's made this transformation like so many other Christians, um, and she's accepted truth, and <clears throat> she's out there saving unborn babies now and helping mothers, young mothers. Um, but she said, quote, I'm sure that even if I did sense a hesitancy in her, I didn't take the time to explore that. And she's absolutely right. I've said this before, and I will say it again. I am no hero. 
Abby continued. She said, quote, I stopped doing something that I should have never been doing in the first place. That's not heroic. That's simply correcting an evil. And that was a really, to me, that was a really interesting quote uh, for a variety of reasons. But Abby is saying here, look, I'm not trying to go out there and say that I'm a hero. I'm trying to correct the evil that I was doing. Um, and she went on to, to say that she's not mad at the person who wrote the letter, that she has compassion. Uh, but she said something else. And this is important. And it was clear that Abby was hoping, you know, I believe that this woman would see this, right? That maybe she follows her on social media. Um, Abby said, quote, I can handle her anger towards me. And honestly, I feel like it's justified. Here's the thing, though. Anger won't bring her healing. Blame won't bring her healing. Eventually, we all have to take responsibility for our own actions in order to move forward in peace. And so, I, you know, look, why does why does this interaction matter? A, it's authentic. Abby is sharing a letter that is difficult to read. But B, I think it reminds us that we all have past. We all have done things that we are not proud of. Maybe we didn't work for Planned Parenthood. Maybe we didn't preside over thousands of abortions, but we've all done things that we're sorry for. And what Abby is dealing with here is, is a past that she has moved on from. She has found grace and hope and truth, um, but that past still comes back to sometimes haunt us. There are consequences to some of our actions, and this letter is, is somebody expressing those consequences that they're feeling as well. Uh, but I think the other part of that is, is Abby acknowledging that, but then saying that we all, in order to find peace, we do have to own our own actions and responsibilities. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but, but one other thing I want to read, Abby said, don't mistake my joy because she has joy now for a lack of sorrow. Sorrow keeps me grounded. Joy keeps me going. And I thought that was a really interesting line for anybody who's trying to move past something that they've struggled with in their life, right? You were saying we talked to Joshua Broom earlier. You know, Joshua Broom has a past. He's an ex-porn star, right, who became a Christian yeah. and a pastor. And, and he has to process through that past very often like, like people like Abby do. So I'll throw it to you on that, but I, I think there's a lot of powerful elements in, in that story. Yeah, no, totally. Whether you're talking about this story with Abby or you're talking about, like you mentioned, Josh Broom or uh, Brittany De La Mora is another person we've spoken to who's a, a former porn star who's now uh, in ministry and, and helping people who are dealing with porn addiction and women who want to leave uh, the porn industry. I mean, it's all of these people. Um, have have lived lives that were that that they now regret because they've come to Christ, but they still have to deal with the ramifications of those things. And I can't imagine, certainly in this letter to Abby, uh, talk about meekness. Like it is easy to probably lash out in anger. Like, can't you see how far I've come? I'm not that person anymore. How dare you continue to you know ascribe those things to me? Uh, but instead, in humility, are saying. Yeah, I know I did cause a lot of harm, and I know that people are going to spend just like I'm spending the rest of my life uh, trying to 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 you know gain healing um, for that. The people who are hurt by that sin in the past in their own lives are also going through that healing process, uh, and maybe you know confronting the person who hurt them is a, a a necessary step in that healing process. So being humble enough to acknowledge that, to understand that, and to respond so graciously uh, is just a, an incredible example of what it means to be a good human, what it means to be um, uh, certainly a, a believer, uh, is we should respond in, in humility and in grace 
not to be continually beat up over and over and over again, but to acknowledge, yes, I, I did hurt you and I know that it was wrong uh, and I want to do everything I can to rectify that uh, you know, as best I can. Obviously, it's never going to be. She can't go back and undo what's been done, but she can certainly uh, model uh, humility uh, and, and certainly you know, make space for that conversation to, to take place. And it seems like that's what Abby's doing. And I think that's commendable. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to own our past too and have self-awareness. Yeah. I think it's hard to have self-awareness sometimes because we have pride and pride gets in the way of that. By sharing this letter, Abby could have tucked it away at a desk. She chose to right. share it. And I, you know, you don't have to share every detail of your life, but I think there was something powerful in sharing this because it is a part of her story that is not going to be highlighted in an interview, maybe that is not going to be shown, you know, overtly because other things are right. The positive things she's doing will be shown, but I do think it's, it's actually a way to keep yourself grounded too, and to remember that past mm -hmm. you know, so that we don't repeat the errors of our, of our past. So anyway, there's a lot, there's a lot there, but, but you've got, you've got this miracle story to sort of give us a, a, a positive upper here. Yeah, this is a crazy story. So a man from Louisville, Kentucky, said that he is shocked and stunned after surviving a violent shooting without any serious wounds. He was able to just get out of his car and, and walk, you know, walk away from it. He said, it is a miracle. His name is Craig McInnes. That's what he told WAV-TV, a local news station there. He said, I am very grateful that somehow I cheated death yet again. Uh, he told the local news outlet that he was headed home, uh, driving through the Smoketown neighborhood, which is one mile southeast of downtown Louisville, on Saturday, when he changed routes and ended up in an area that he's not familiar with. Uh, he said, I just never gave a second thought to the fact that I was really a fish out of water in a place that I'm not normally at. Uh, as he rounded the corner on one street, passing by a local middle school in that uh, Smoketown neighborhood, that is when McKinnis said he began hearing gunshots uh, and bullets almost immediately began riddling his car. Within moments, he said, bullets shattered the passenger side windows of his vehicle, uh, which actually sent shrapnel into his face, uh, but he was not struck by any bullets. Uh, and then it happened again on the other side uh, of his car, the driver's side of his car, and he miraculously was also then not hit with any bullets. He said all he could think about was, uh, you know, obviously you're incredibly confused and there's a there's a, a fog trying to figure out what is what is happening. He said it just felt, felt like a string of fireworks, uh, firecrackers was going off. He said it startled me, but I really didn't think it was dangerous for me. Uh, and then I stopped. And as I turned onto Lambton Street, it started again. That's when the bullets hit the, the driver's side. He said, and then my window shattered from a bullet strike. And then I realized that I was in the middle of bullets being shot. Uh, he said, I was just shocked and stunned. Once I saw the window was shattered, that was one thing. But when I saw a bullet hole, that was obviously a bullet hole. And then I thought, oh my goodness, I'm in danger. Uh, he said that was in the moment, uh, or that was the moment that the confusion uh, and the fog kind of lifted. And he knew wow, I need to get to safety as fast as I possibly can. He said he recalled speeding down the street uh, and, and turning onto a road away from the gunfire where he called police. He said they were on the scene within just a few minutes. Once first responders arrived, uh, McKenna said they cleaned the cuts off of his face and removed any stray bullets that were 
uh, still in the vehicle. And miraculously, as of Monday night, he was just at home recovering from those minor scrapes and cuts. Uh, obviously, though, he's processing quite a, a, a traumatic experience. Uh, a spokesperson for the police department said that they're still uh, searching for suspects. But uh, McGinnis is just, you know, so incredibly grateful, he said, uh, to be alive and to be completely physically okay. So certainly continue to pray for him, but also praise God that he uh, walked away from this miraculously with hardly even a scratch on his body. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be overjoyed to get out of that? You know, those kinds of moments, they change everything for people because when you're that close to death, I mean, literally, um, I think it just makes you think twice about everything, but what that really is a miracle because my, my goodness, you would imagine that many shots, anything could have could have happened. So yeah, what a, what an amazing story. Yeah, I'm completely. Yeah. And, and so we've got another, we've got one more and I'm actually gonna, I'm going to run through this one a little quicker, but it, but it's interesting because it's similar in some ways to that one. It it was a woman who was driving her car and she's, she's a young woman, early twenties, 22 year old Megan Mosset. And this was on January 16th, driving down the road and her car went off the road, hit two trees. She was ejected from the vehicle, and then the car rolled on top of her. And she was there for five to seven hours until a mystery man apparently came, saw that she was injured, saw she was under the car, and called 911. And apparently doctors said that she probably had only 15 more minutes and she would have been dead. And so all of that time had elapsed, and they have no idea how she survived this. It's really an incredible story. She's had to really learn how to walk again. She had a traumatic brain injury, um, but she's had this miraculous recovery and the family was just able to finally locate this man. He does not want to be identified publicly, um, but they actually went out, you know, and they spent about a month doing this, putting the information out. Again, this happened in January. They found the guy um, through the internet, people and the news and the media putting the story out there because they wanted to thank him. Um, but another one of those incredible stories where they have no idea how she made it. And she had about 15 minutes left after hours of laying there. And here this guy comes, calls 911, saves her life. And so I, I love these miracle stories because they, I think they just kind of, you know, remind us that God is there for us. And it goes back to that whole conversation about God's plan, right? You know, we don't know why things happen. We don't know why some people get a healing and some don't. We don't, we can't see the full puzzle, but we can trust him with the pieces of it. And it seems like there's been quite a few of these kinds of stories recently. There's that one that you did, then this this story that I've written up. And then there's another story, I think it was last week, of a man who in 2017 was in an awful car accident and was told by several doctors he'd be paralyzed completely. He has a young daughter, though, and he said, that is not going to be what happens to me. And now he's he's walking around and is just started taking a horseback riding class uh, with his daughter. So these kinds of stories are always worth highlighting because I think they do exactly what you just said, Billy, which is that they remind us that God has a sovereign plan and purpose for everything that we go through in this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. 
And you got to tune in tomorrow for another episode of the Four and Three podcast. As always, for more news from a distinctly Christian perspective, go to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com. And be sure to subscribe. Leave us a rating on iTunes. You know, you know, if you're going to give us a, a five, that's great. Do that. If you're going to give us under a five, you know, move on. Don't leave a rating. <laughs> give we us all the you. stars. Give us all the stars. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you all next time.